It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. It's inside the game, guys. The show, JC Sherbert here with you, along with Phil Mullinax. Happy Thursday, everybody. Good to be back, back to back days. Hope you're rocking and rolling. Hope my mic sounds okay today. Sorry, I had to bounce out. I just I had to get out of my own show, Phil. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. It held on strong and then just, yeah, oh. just, uh, <laughs> just finished a uh, JC and Morgan them uh, podcast with Mike Morgan and Michael Haney. Look for that on uh spotify and um apple podcast and uh, gosh jc and morgan's actually on a lot more platforms than we are phil it's on it's on like audible uh it's on like iHeartRadio. radio i don't know how that stitcher it is that one too yeah. stitcher I, I think we i think we're on stitcher but uh you know I, uh, jc and morgan's everywhere it's everywhere but we had we had a good talk. Talked a little about about Leach and uh, talked about Clemson. I defended Dabo Sweeney a little bit, so I don't know if anybody's interested in that. But uh, uh, so just got off of that. I didn't have any sound problems, so hopefully, hopefully we're good to go here today. Got Chris Phillips, high energy coming up at the bottom of this hour, uh, as is normal on Thursdays. I'll be on the Spurs Up show uh, shortly after the conclusion of this show. Uh, we're going to keep that going because we enjoy Chris and his segments here and love to get a lot of different voices uh, on the show. We appreciate everybody that tuned in yesterday as well. Um, good show yesterday with Jamie Bradford talking about everything that's been going on. So some drama, Phil, the oh, transfer yeah. portal and NIL. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours truly is right in the middle of this, right? With, with a lot of different things as far as NIL deals and, you know, Bert staying or going, Juice staying or going, other guys. Um, and I, I want to say this. I, I want to say, first and foremost, I agree with those of you out there that think this is ridiculous for college football. <laughs> um, I, uh, I have no problem, none, with uh, players getting uh, fair market value or, or even a little more if somebody wants to overpay uh, for stuff. Uh, especially for name, image, and likeness. But when it becomes this fundraising deal, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I I, I think that's just a little bit, you know, first and foremost, I I do think the market will correct itself because you look last year, who were the two big spenders in college football uh, that people talked about? Uh, and, and, sure. Yeah, and Miami's still bragging about it. Their John Ruiz guy was like, Number three recruiting class. Ha, ha, ha. People like that are clueless. Okay. Miami was seven and five under Manny Diaz. Seven and five, right? And and played some competitive football. Won six out of their last seven games. So they fire him and hire Mario Cristobal, who I think is a better coach. Uh, but they start putting out the cheddar, right? That team flat out quit. That team was disinterested in playing. They lost to Middle Tennessee. They lost to Duke. Their last game of the year with bowl eligibility on the line, right? Team goal, right? Let's get to a bowl game. They lost at home 42-16 to to Pittsburgh. That's how terrible they were, right? (laughs) And now they're going around the country buying more players. I'm like, dude, you're giving 18-year-old kids seven figures and sending them to South Beach? 
I mean, <laughs> that's what, a what, recipe for success if I've ever heard one, right? <laughs> you're a moron. I mean, you're, you're, I don't care how much money you have, you're a complete idiot. Um, I think AM halfway learned its lesson last year, you know, but I, I, I uh, that's not the problem at South Carolina right now. The problem at South Carolina is there's not even enough to hold off anybody <laughs> uh, to a certain extent outside of a handful of guys. Um, so so I, I agree that it gets very disheartening when you, when you look and go, Oh, this school's given this much and that much. And you see these seven figure deals, but, but I'm here to tell you that the seven figure deals are not what South Carolina needs to get to the seven figure deals. Many times will take care of themselves. If there's a player worth that it's the, Five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollar a month deals that, that are totally worth it uh, for good college players. I mean, I, I think you know, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the minimum salary in the NFL is uh, three times that, you know. And I think for college, that, that, that's probably pretty much fair. And that's where South Carolina is getting beat right now. Um, you know, and, and I see a lot of reaction out there. P- people either write in one or two rate. Either they go and sign up for a collective. And, and jump in and say, I'm going to do my part. Uh, or they're like, I'm going to quit following the sport. <laughs> Look, we're, we're only two years into this thing. Nobody's Nostradamus here, myself included. Don't, don't panic. Why, why are you, why are right, So why are you losing interest in the sport right now? Because some guys are making a little money, which they deserve. In some cases, some cases, no. Uh, why, why, why does that bother you? Is my question. You know, what, why is it because you don't think they deserve any money? Is it because, like I did, you worked your way through college, had to deliver pizzas and stuff, and you think that somehow people with talent should, a, a talent that they can get paid for, should, should follow the same track you did? Uh, is it simply because, you know, because I, I see people like, well, it's, that's just like the NFL. It's not really. It's kind of crazier than the NFL. <laughs> it, it's it, it, the NFL, NFL has got some structure. Yeah. There's contracts. Guardrails. <laughs> and it's, it's set up for parity. College football is a wild, the wild, wild west in a lot of ways. But but I'm, I'm here to tell people like this, and, and I'm not – this is not a fundraising speech at all because of, or, or a joint Carolina speech at all. This is a don't give up on the game you love, folks. Don't give up on the game you love right now, because I will tell you this right now. We have been through wild, crazy periods in college football for maybe some of you are younger and don't remember the Southwest Conference <laughs> where uh, everybody cheated and Eric Dickerson got a Camaro to go to SMU and then they got the death penalty. Um, maybe some of you guys don't remember those days, right? Uh, and it was all under the table and under the radar and stuff. And it was, uh, you know, there was nothing about, it's just above board to a certain extent now. And the people that are paying stupid money, because that's that, that stupid money is not driven by market value folks. That's driven by three different entities. Number one, it's driven by the media who sees the overall money in college football, pays no attention to the value of the brand that some of these colleges, that all of us, who've been affiliated with all these universities all through hundreds, a hundred years or so, right? All of the alumni and the supporters and the greater university community. That's our brand that we've built. The value in that brand has been built by the loyalty 
Uh, and sure, the players that have come through that cycle through every four years, absolutely they're part of it. The coaches, everybody. But the what makes that brand valuable and what allows Ohio State to generate the money or Nebraska or South Carolina or Clemson or Georgia or whoever is the loyalty of these fans through hundreds of years, right? That's that's why the brand is – I mean, you know, you could take the top 200 football players coming out of high school in the country, send them to an NFL minor league, and people would watch it because people love football in this country, right? Ohio State's still going to sell out their stadium. The, the college football playoff still going to be highly rated. Everybody's still going to Williams-Brice. The product is not going to diminish because I'll tell you this right now. The same top 200 that are coming out of high school, you can get it down to like a small margin of error. And those aren't going to be the same top 204 years. Watch how the sport evolves. Watch how it evolves. You know, nobody's doomed because of this. Nobody's doomed because of this, right? Um, and so, so the people that are pushing that narrative that these guys, you know, a guy from the athletic, whoa, that's good. That 10 million a year, that's just going to be the goal for a five star quarterback. What if Clemson had paid $10 million for DJ Ungolo Live? I can't even pronounce his name. Ungolo Ailey. You think that dude's worth 10 million bucks? Uh, yeah, KAK Kublik was a five star guy. You think, you know, did he look like a five star guy? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence did. Deshaun Watson did. I think Justin Fields did once he got to Ohio State. Yeah. How many years are you going to pay these kids that kind of money, you know, for yeah. them to hopefully turn out? <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Clausen would have been a, a highly paid guy when he came out. He was good. Hmm. Not great. You know who wouldn't have been paid high? Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan. And they're playing for what? The yeah. national championship. You know, I mean, if somebody asked me today, like, well, which players at Carolina would have been worth stupid money? I think there's three. Uh, and I'm talking like initially coming in, here's here's what you're going to get a million dollars during the time you play here or whatever. Jadevian, uh, Marcus Lattimore would probably be number one. Yeah. Because if you think about it, Marcus Lattimore changed the program. Marcus Lattimore came in, and all of a sudden, Carolina went from a seven and six football team to winning the SEC East. And he had everything to do with it. Okay. I mean, that'd be one. Clowney would be two because Clowney generated $14 million worth of publicity simply by committing to Carolina. That, that's value. Okay. Stefan Gilmore would probably be up there too. And, and I'm talking recent years. I can go back. We can debate all the others. All you want George Rogers and all that Todd Ellis. Oh, but, um, you know, Gilmore from the day step foot on campus shut down his side of the field and he was the NFL MVP eventually. So obviously, you know, and, and, and those were what three in-state guys. So, look, uh, you know, if you're Clemson, uh, who, who would have been C.J. Spiller, maybe? Uh, Watson and Lawrence, obviously. Who else? Don't know. So, so, so that's my take on all that. It doesn't, you know, the, the people that are pushing that false narrative that, well, here's the going. They don't understand recruiting. They're idiots. They don't understand what a five-star is. They don't even bother to look at the rankings. They probably think Stetson Bennett was a five-star. Most of them. I'm sure they don't. I'm probably selling them a little short. They don't know anything about how the recruiting process works or who doesn't or whatever. I mean, it, or, or, and they don't examine draft data to see, well, the NFL has infinitely more resources than recruiting, right? Infinitely, right, with, with how they spend. And they miss a bunch, a bunch. Mitch Trubisky was the number one pick in the draft. 
that's wasted money right there. Uh, so, so, so they're, they're the number one people that are kind of promoting this. The, the, the other people uh, that, that are kind of promoting this are the agents. Why? Because they get paid. All these people filing all these lawsuits against the NCAA, and probably rightfully so, because the NCAA is crap. You know, they don't, they don't care about, oh, we care about the kids, you know, getting exploited. No, they care about getting paid. <laughs> because you read some of the stupidity that comes out of their mouth about what the actual value of these guys is. Like, you're a moron. That's not true. You, you have to build that. You, to, to, you have to build, up, build it up through time. And I do understand we're living in a world where some chick with a lot of Instagram followers can charge a company a hundred grand for, for a post, right? I understand we're living in that world, but I don't think the value is there. Do I think players need to be taken care of financially? Yes. Yes. But do I think we need to look into to health insurance and mental health treatment and all those buzzy things people talk about these days? Yes. Yes. But uh, the people that are pushing this, this is now the NFL thing, and that's what that's what's right and noble and all that. They have an agenda, and that's not going to end up being reality in the sport. And it's sad. It's sad in a lot of ways that everybody's got to get you know you get scared to death about your favorite team and favorite sport and favorite school. I'm gonna tell you this right now, folks. Carolina's gonna be okay. They're gonna be okay, you know. And that's if Jordan Birch hits the portal or not, because he hadn't done it yet. Carolina's going to be okay. And and Carolina hasn't necessarily, you know, it's not like all of their best players, once they get good, are leaving because there's a bunch that are good right now that many programs would love to have, okay, including two that are starting the secondary right now. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And they're not leaving. You're not losing them. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, Marshawn Lloyd left uh, bizarrely. That's a crazy deal. Right, uh, Jaheim Bell left, but I don't think that surprised anybody. And and that had everything that had way more to do with how he was used in the offense this year than NIL. And also, I don't know that they begged him to stay. No, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think you should. You're know, no. in situations like that. It's you like you know, it, you know, it's counter to your culture to beg somebody to stay. Yeah, I mean, you it, know, it, if you want to be here, be here. If you don't, then. Happy trails. They would have tried to convince Lloyd to stay, absolutely. But, you know, the, the way he handled it, it was never going to happen. You know, I mean, and, and, and to get back into the program. So so what you do is you just go replace him. You know, look, Spencer Rattler, if Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells got in the portal and went to Alabama or Georgia or something, yeah, yeah, okay, that sucks. <laughs> You're going to feel dejected by that. Yeah, that one. But, but 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 don't 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 sit. Don't worry about Jordan Burge. Jordan Burge. God, look, I hate it. It's it's tough. It's no worse than Jordan Strong blowing out his ACL this year. Okay, those things happen. It's tough because Jordan Burge, I think, finally was playing really well, and I've always stood up for him and always have said, "Hey, this guy's going to take some time." Mm-hmm. And he had a really good bowl game rush in the passer. Showed some signs this year. He's still got to take it to the next level to be an impact player. I think Carolina can replace three and a half sacks. The overall defensive line pass rush apparatus has to get better, and they have to set the edge. And that's with Jordan Birch coming back, Gilbert Edmond coming back, whoever. And, yeah, it stinks because Edmond's got some upside, and he filled in nicely as a starter. But 
he can be replaced. I mean, you got depth. I mean, you got two four-star defensive ends coming in. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, and who knows what's going to happen in the transfer portal. I understand getting down. I understand being upset when bad things happen to your team. I do, because believe me, it stresses me out as well. I like to see people happy. I like to see you very happy. But, you know, uh, the sky is not falling. Don't give up on your favorite. Don't give up on your favorite team right now. They just beat Clemson for the first time in Tennessee. They just beat crap out of Tennessee on national television. I know they lost the Notre Dame game. That was disappointing. And, uh, you know, and the opt-outs, that's a different story than, than the portal. Okay. The opt-outs are a bowl game specific issue that somebody's got to fix. Okay. Those are bowl games. And you can blame the media, the same media, the same idiots are sitting there saying five-star quarterbacks worth $10 million. Oh, really? <laughs> you, you know what? If that were the case, Phil, do you know how much corruption there could have been back in the early days of football recruiting? Rankings? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Yeah, what, what do you, well, so here's what you do. You know, Johnny, Mr. <laughs> you know, a guy that's a good player, college-level athlete, but you just hype him out of the, through the moon. He gets the ten million. You're like, all right. So I hype you through the moon. Where's my money? Mm -hmm. Think about that. And I was yeah, in that business, and that that never happened. You know why? Because nobody's getting that much money. Yeah, I mean, you make the money that great. So, so, so people that say all five star quarterbacks should be worth nine million dollars, they're idiots. They they don't know anything about the game. Okay, so don't get blown away by that. You know, the opt outs are unfortunate, whatever. But South Carolina right now is in a good spot, folks. You know, yeah. A lot hinges on Rattler coming back next year and hopefully Juice Wells, you know, but if not, those guys are going to the NFL and they're good enough to, you know, Rattler may not be as high of a pick as he needs to be, but he's good enough to play uh, eventually in that league. Juice Wells probably good enough to go right now. Uh, I don't know who's told him that lately, but uh, you know, he, he's probably is. I don't know if he projects that way, but, but look, don't, don't, don't freak out. You know, everybody can, sometimes things work out for the best. You know, especially if you got a guy that's, you know, like a Jaheim who's disgruntled, who needs a fresh start. So, anyway, I, that was my little soapbox here today. Nanosports chat box, I'm sure, is light, lit up. <laughs> um, I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, oh, wow, catching a screen full of visor today, right, Phil? Yeah. The, <laughs> the, uh, he read the private uh, chat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. The, uh, no, the camera good. the camera settings for – I do JC and Morgan on Zoom, and we do this on StreamYard, so it's different. I didn't have mm -hmm. time to adjust. So anyway, um, and, and so, guys, I just, just kind of think about this. Think about – look at Miami, and I doubt things – look, hey, if things get better at Miami, I'll eat my hat. Look at Texas. All right, so Texas, they're, they're NIL thing because everything's bigger out there. Uh, and, and Texas wasn't as blatant as A&M about things. Uh, or you didn't hear as much, right? Because uh, they decided they're more class. But so, so they're like, all right, we're going to give every offensive lineman in Texas forty thousand dollars a year, which is good, good money, right? Look, man, they're still soft as tissue. Did anybody see them get their ass cut <laughs> by Washington at the Alamo Bowl? When they want to play, they're pretty good. You're taking and you're dumping more entitlement into programs that have problems with entitlement. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm not going to sit here and say this generation's entitled or any of those cliches about and, and get off my lawn and blah, 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 yelling at the cloud kind of thing. I'm not going to say that. I'm not even going there. I'm going to say this. In the history of this game, in the history of football, there's never been 
a team worth a crap that was entitled ever. Ever. You think those guys – now, when Miami was great, when they played with Swagger, those guys, they expected to win. But when it didn't they, – they didn't show up. I mean, they did what they needed to do to do it, and they had fun doing it. Nobody gets anywhere in life or this game by being entitled. Football is an allegory of life. Derek Moore says that all the time. He taught me that, and I say I've said it all the time. Those of you that didn't know who Derek Moore was until two years ago, know why now why I say it. And it's true. And life doesn't work out. Life doesn't work out without, you know, progress in life doesn't work out no matter how much money you have or given for nothing without progress. Because on the field, you know how much those dollars mean, Phil? <laughs> nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> Not a damn thing. When you're, as Lou Holt says, when your nose is telling you, when my when your nose, I get your face to my face and my nose to my nose, and when my trousers are pulled up, what are you going to say now? You know, remember Lou, that little speech? When you come up, baby, look at me now. <laughs> that's that's true. What the, I mean, what does the money mean? What are you going to do yeah. with that money? Bribe the guy in front of you? Yeah, don't hit me. <laughs> so. No, yeah, it's still, anyway. still that aspect of it where you got to, you get the games have to be played on the field. And, you know, hey, it, it, initial returns are that the you know, teams full of mercenaries are not going to be there when the, the chips are down. You know, you want to, you want a homegrown program when the chips are down. You want somebody leading your program that they've bought into and not, you know, been bought by. Yeah. Uh, 76, thanks for putting out the one eyed JC. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking a little wide. It's probably the camera angle. I'll try to adjust it during break, which we've got to get to really quick. We do. Uh, first break of the uh, of the of the show here on um, Inside the Game Pass Show. We'll be back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, Get in the stands with fan plans. Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Gold Tigers in the soul. Thanks to Coach O. We are back. It is Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662. Talk about a no-obligation consultation for your home. Talking about an outdoor retreat, or perhaps you want to close in a patio or porch that you have, they'd be happy to talk to you about it for free and extend to you a $500 discount if you decide to go with them moving forward. But if you mentioned that you heard it here on the show, 
Espresso Rooms of Columbia. What is it? John B at ExpressoRooms.com, I believe, is also yes. another way you can get in touch with him. And we'll have John on tomorrow, hopefully, around uh, about this time to uh, chop it up a bit about what's going on. And I'm sure he's got some interesting thoughts about NIL and <laughs> the state of oh, the yeah. program. Yeah. Although I'm you sure know, the state of the program to him is always is always going to be we're good. <laughs> we're good. Uh, we're good. Uh, he's, he's got some sunshine about it, but yeah, mm-hmm. Barbara will be here tomorrow. But yeah, I'm just saying that, like guys, don't panic. Don't panic. South Carolina is is, is it's a big fan base. Uh, you know some. Some of the folks that are like against the NIL morally, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm going to tell you, you're not changing it because uh, what you're doing is when you're like, oh, I, I'm just out of principle. I'm not talking about financially. I'm, I'm talking out of print. When you're out of principle, you don't want to give the NIL because you're like, oh, I just don't believe in it. Well, nobody gives a diddly poo <laughs> that matters on that subject. Congress isn't going to change it. The NCAA is not going to change it. Alabama doesn't give a damn. Auburn doesn't care. Georgia doesn't care. Clemson doesn't care. They're like, oh, well, these South Carolina fans don't believe in it, so maybe we should change. I don't know about that. I don't know. So that's number one. They double down here in that, though. (laughs) Not to, you know, yeah, don't, don't, uh, you know, I know, I understand. And I agree with you, man. I, I wish this stuff. I, I like the idea they could do name, image, likeness if it's legit. Uh, but this whole the way it's unfolded, uh, I'd much better. I'd much rather not sit here and mail out eighteen oh one club magnets all day. If I was going to do that, I'd rather have an eighteen oh one club uh, with the show and the website. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pay pay me an extra uh, eight dollars a month, and then me and Phil will split it, and we'll do like a Zoom call with all you guys. <laughs> That'll be the 1801 yeah. club. I, I'd much rather, you know, actually like work for money than work for like, you know, basically what I'm doing. Don't get me wrong. But the reality is none of us can do anything about it. You either. And, and, and that, the second part of that reality though, guys is also this. Uh, yes. People are asking fans to contribute to collectives and boosters and you already pay enough to be honest. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. And I hope that the schools end up taking some of that ridiculous TV money and and booster money and your ticket money and carve it off a little bit. You're already spending for it. I hope that happens. That can't happen just at Carolina though, guys that, you know, so it was like, well, why didn't Ray just sue for the TV money? Because Ray doesn't want to get kicked out of the ACC. (laughs) That has to happen at the SEC level. That's their money. Right. Um, you know, and, and yes, I agree. But you also have more control and a more direct impact on um, the personnel on your football team. So that's kind of neat, I think. I don't know. Uh, 76 says they'll all keep picking off our players. I know that FSU is enjoying our squad at the moment. They've picked off nobody, 76. FSU at Tampa, you know, Florida has been the destination for Bell and Edmund when they walked out the door. Uh, who else are you talking about? Jasden Turning Time? <laughs> Don't think anybody's worried about him leaving, right? Uh, Steven says the, over, the overpaying in NIL mirrors the one and done in college basketball. The teams that rely heavy on it haven't had a ton of success, i.e. Kentucky basketball. Steven, I think it's a very intelligent, uh, valid point. You know, I've kind of thought the same thing. 
because money creeps in. And like I said, entitled money breeds entitlement in a lot of ways. And then entitlement gets you nowhere. Right. Um, you know, Craiger says you could not agree with NIL and you can continue to watch us lose players. <laughs> we don't have time to wait to get on board. That's true. I mean, I, I mean, that's a, that's a good point there. That's a good point. I mean, you know, and like I said, I'm not trying to browbeat anybody into giving the NIL because, but because by the way, business is booming as far as Carolina rise because it's continued to, you know, people are giving what they can. You know, I sent a I sent a guy a thank you letter for giving five bucks a month today. Because I believe anybody that puts a little, you know, it, it doesn't, there's no, no, no amounts too small. You know, I understand this isn't the rich. This is not, but I mean, hell, what, what, what fan bases are wealthy? I don't know. The, the, the wealthy fan bases are the larger fan bases. Oh, places like Ohio State that have millions of, of fans. Anyway, we, we got to get to a break. We're going to talk to Chris Phillips. We're going to change gears because he said he's had, he had an interesting debate. Bigger win, Tennessee or Clemson this year. Uh, he was talking about, and I want to, I want to get him to repeat that, some of that here, and we'll change it back to happier thoughts, uh, right here on the show after these messages. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes. He takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah. Same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatt. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Game Talks, the show. Is settled in here? Mute his mic. That way we don't have to listen to him getting settled in. There we are. We are joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, long time no talk. Hope you had a great, happy holiday, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all that other stuff. How are you feeling today, man? 
I'm doing well, JC. Phil, happy new year. I like JC's UNLV cap. That's a uh, a fire lid. But uh, yeah, also, new. JC, yeah. JC, great to see and hear from you, my friend. I, I know you went through some things over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, guys, it's great to be back. First combo of 2023. And uh, of course, Gamecock Nation never sleeps. So obviously really excited to uh, be chatting with you guys once again. And I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We, we can keep this thing going, man. Looking forward to talking to you later, getting back on my schedule. Yeah. Honest to God, folks, I feel better today than I have in a while. I think it was about 90% yesterday, but I, I feel 100% today. So I feel good. Mm -hmm. The vertigo is gone, even though it probably doesn't look like it because I can't adjust this camera right now. But uh, <laughs> so, so, Chris, yeah, I, I caught something that I think you put on. Uh, it, was, it was part of your show, uh, but the bigger win, Tennessee or Clemson, that's an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. And one, I don't know that I have a – I think I've got two opinions on it. But I, yeah. I wanted to get, like, your take on it because yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And uh, that's one of the things I really like about you is, you, is, you know, if I have two opinions, I'll say, well, this or that. But you just yeah. you just go with one. And so yeah. I, I want to get that straight over tackle. Uh, what was your take on, on, on that, that question? Yeah, and JC, that question is really – you know, I, I pride myself on, I, I would label our content as, and I wouldn't put it in a box, but open-ended banter, especially when it comes to the daily live show. And it was actually inspired by one of our, uh, one of our folks in the Big Cock Club Discord. So shout out to him. We were having the conversation, but yeah, when I look at it, you know, JC, it's an interesting question because, you know, if you'd have asked me before the season, just looking at the end of the season saying, which game would you rather win, Tennessee or Clemson? I, I would have said the season finale because I just felt like the fan base needed that game more than anything, get that monkey off your back. It had been so long since you had beaten them. I think for the program as a whole, I think beating Tennessee is a bigger win, you know, top five win at home. You think about the SEC and, of course, Steve Spurrier. He changed a lot of the mindset around here when he said, you know, we're going to worry about winning the SEC first, and then the rivalry game takes care of itself. So you always want to win your conference games, and you always want to win your conference first. It's a tough question because I think – the bias obviously comes in. We want to beat Clemson so bad at the end of the season. We want to take down the arch rival. And again, it had been so long. But uh, beating Tennessee, and I think the fashion in which you did, and when you think also about the fact that that was just seven days after that debacle in Gainesville, and to be able to bounce back and win that game as a as a three touchdown underdog when when nobody, including yours truly, of course, you know, I famously went on the on the airwaves and gave you just no chance to win the game or even compete in the game at all and to go win that game in the fashion in which you did. I and I think when you think of again the it was the signature win at that point, it was the signature win for Shane Beamer. I think what it means for overall SEC East pecking order and, and the ascension of the program. I I would say Tennessee, and also guys, I would say this. I don't think the season finale against Clem sucks. I don't think it happens if you don't beat Tennessee first, right, and have that confidence and momentum going into that game. Like, you know, I picked the upset against Clem sucks. There were people that picked that upset. There were people that kind of saw that coming or knew it was possible. But that Tennessee game, when you just think about the, you know, the massive upset and the fashion in which it happened, and again, top five, you know, top five win, win over a top five opponent, and then rushing the field after. I, I would say Tennessee was the bigger win, but again, they're, they're – there's no right or wrong answer, which makes the conversation really fun. I think this. I, I thought about this today. I, I think winning that game against uh, at the end of the year is is important to the University of South Carolina. It's always going to be out have outsized importance, and rightfully so. So, so to the fans, the alums, people like my mother that didn't even know Carolina had beaten Tennessee. She goes to bed at seven o'clock, you know, 
um, calls me after the Clemson game. Wow, how about that? Oh, you know, you're you're, you're the whole university community at large. Mm. So internally, I, I think that's always going to be the biggest win. Yeah. Um, I think for the program, though, Chris, uh, if I'm just <laughs> looking at it from the outside, I'm saying Tennessee. You're right. The manner in which it happened. Um, people always remember 63 to 30 something games. Mm. The fact that they look completely unstoppable against Missouri the week before, even though Missouri was within four points, four points in the third quarter, 66, 24. And you're just sitting there going, mm. wow, the other shoes about to drop through that whole game outside of the game against Georgia. They'd be completely unstoppable. Um, the environment that was showcased on ESPN that night in primetime with Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler, it was really the game. Uh, and uh, and people started flipping it over quickly. <laughs> uh, so a large national television audience to showcase, you know, all the new stuff at Williams Bryce and, and, and the Brock's Brock concert atmosphere and all that. Um, I think for a lot of players, it was kind of a, a validation. Guys like Juice Wells, Josh Van, and Jalen Brooks, and Spencer Rattler had his best game that night. And, you know, all that the offensive line, guys on defense making plays. So, you know, yeah, I, I think for the program as a whole, when you're talking about, because, you know, believe people don't want to say this, but external validation in college football matters because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of how, how this is, you know, how do, how do they select the playoff? A committee does it. How do you get players? You recruit them. You Perceptions, know. everything. Perceptions, yeah, everything. I, yeah. I think that's the deal there. But it was, um, yeah, it, it was an important win. Uh, and, and so for, for that reason, I think that, but I, I'd be split. I, I, I probably couldn't go one way or the other, but I, I think I'm, I'm probably picking out of two different buckets. Um, so everybody's talking about the transfer feel portal. good up here to say yeah. Tennessee, you know, that way they don't over-inflate themselves up here in the yeah. upcountry. That's what I was going to say, too. You know, when you say Tennessee and you're like, ah, oh, you know, Clemson sucks was nice, but it wasn't that big, though. You know, they're, they're, yeah, but, you we, know. We, beat a, we beat a pretty average opponent, you know, middle, middle of the road. So, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Listen, it's this team from the team from the ACC, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. Um, as everybody's talking about the transfer portal, it's kind of the way of life. I think South Carolina's largely avoided a lot of heartache. Um, but there have been some some guys that we talk about an awful lot, like Lloyd and Birch, and uh, or Birch hasn't hit it yet, and he may may do it. I'm still hearing it's trending that way, but the, the brakes have been tapped a little bit on it, but mm-hmm. Lloyd and, and Jaheim Bell and, you know, and then you, people talk about Spencer Rattler and, and, and Wells, but those are more like uh, NFL decisions. So yeah. I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I kind of went on a little spiel about it at the top. I mean, this NIL thing is here to stay. There's a lot of different angles to it. Um, I don't know that, with the guys that have hit the portal so far and the guys that have, or Birch specifically, uh, I don't know that outside of like, Oh, you hate to lose them because they'd be good players coming back. Mm-hmm. That they're like irreplaceable. Like, like when right. Georgia tech right. lost Jameer Gibbs last year to Alabama, that was basically their program. You know, and, mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs was by far their best player. Um, you know, there was their whole team, really, their whole offense. And then he goes up the road to Alabama, you know, their prize recruit, all that. That's all they really had. I don't know that necessarily these guys leaving leaves the covered bear yeah. at South Carolina or that it's it's a 
a sky is falling type of thing or, or part of a a trend that will continue. And people talk about it, you know, being a Carolina being a farm team. I, I don't really see that that's happening because every situation, every decision is different. So, mm. yeah, and I, I think JC too. You have to think about that. Uh, you know, Shane Beamer is still early in his tenure, and these guys that are leaving, they're not Beamer guys. You know what I mean? May, maybe moving forward, I, I'm not saying it's going to cure everything, but maybe moving forward, guys that you know were recruited by Shane Beamer specifically, maybe they'll feel a little bit more. You know, loyalty is such a strong word. Maybe they'll feel a little bit more, you know, loyalty to staying to South Carolina and finishing their tenure out under a coach that actually recruited them. So that could factor in as well. Yeah, like you mentioned, NIL, though, is here to stay. And uh, I, I think for the most part, what you do have to take a step back and realize, the Gamecocks, like you mentioned, JC and Phil, have done a really good job in regards to they have not been ravaged by the portal like some other teams we have seen, right? So it's, you know, we we feel like the worst is happening to us because we kind of live in our sphere and our bubble. But if you look around the SEC, there are a lot of other teams that are dealing with the portal much worse than South Carolina is. But I, I will tell you guys, and I think you all have probably felt this as well, what, what I find most when I talk to – to Gamecock fans, and, and we do our show, we do the podcast, people I interact with on a daily basis. And I understand this vantage point. What bothers them the most is that, you know, when guys leave in the portal and leave for NIL and leave to better their own situation, they leave for playing time, that's one thing. But, like, when you've got starters dipping out, I think that's where it really bothers people, right? Because it's you can equate it to a relationship. It's like you're doing all the right things, you're trying to be your best, and they still break up with you. I mean, it's like that 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 leaves people questioning, right? That leaves people concerned. So, like the Jordan Birch thing, for example, it, it's just like, um, and, and I was looking and I, I forgot about this that Oregon was one of his finalists, right, in recruiting when he chose South Carolina. So that kind of makes sense if he, I guess, if he would go there, but. Um, you know, I think it's just tough. That's the tough pill to swallow when it's guys that, I mean, you look at the Marshawn Lloyd situation and I, I really hope for that kid that it works out. Cause it's crazy to me that he still hasn't been picked up and uh, what he left behind, you know, being RB one at a sec school. And I know he had the tweet a couple weeks ago of, you know, he's trying to stand out. It's like, well, you, you were going to stand out at South Carolina. You were going to play, you were going to get practically every carry. I don't know. So you just hope a kid like that finds what he's looking for. And we don't know all the details behind closed doors, but Oh, thing is, uh, is when you yeah when you've got starters. Is. Sorry, I don't know if I cut out there, guys. But uh, when, when you've got starters hitting the portal, I think that's what irks fans the most. So you know we'll, we'll see how nil continues to evolve. Um, like you mentioned though, JC, the bottom line is this too that you know it's 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 not like the cupboards bare. You recruit for a reason. They've recruited heavily on the defensive line, offensive line, playmakers. Of course, they're using the portal to their advantage, and where the portal taketh, and, and it also giveth as well. So I, I'm not too worried about who you've lost. And if Birch goes, and again, all you can do is wish the guys well and hope they they find what they're looking for. And I trust Shane Beamer is the the mastermind behind closed doors. He knows what's going on, and and he'll put the best 22 and have the best roster available for South Carolina this upcoming season. No matter no matter what happens with the portal nil. Yeah, I think so. And I, you know, look, I, I love Marshawn Lloyd. Heck, I love Jaheim Bell. I was sitting there jumping up and down about how his usage this year. But I also think people people have to understand it's it's not all nil. I mean, Jaheim uh, and Marshawn both and Jordan they were doing pretty well here. Yeah. You know, and Birch had a good year this year. Birch had a very good year this year. I was I was tough on him in the preseason, but he had a very good year this year. Yeah, and, and you know, money wise too. I, and so I, uh, you know, in talking to some folks about, uh, you know, sort of what the deal 
is with, with Burke specifically, I, I don't like South Carolina wasn't exactly, it wasn't like, oh, I just can't afford that. You know, it wasn't like a, wasn't like the Oakland A's losing their free agents to the New York Yankees. I right. mean, I, I didn't, that wasn't, the, the numbers didn't make any sense if that was the case. But uh, I, I get it. It's frustrating. And, and I think all this is new to Chris. I mean, we're, yeah. we're just now in this, the portal era. We're just now in uh, NIL and all that. And it's crazy because it all happened right after the pandemic. And so it's almost like we came back to sort of some normalcy, but yet things are still kind of cattywampus because yeah. of this new stuff. I think it'll adjust itself uh, yeah. over time because mm-hmm. I, I bet I went on a big rant earlier about, you know, these people that are like, well, a five-star quarterback's like $10 million. And I'm like, so you think DJ from Clemson was worth $10 million or Cade Coop? I don't even think, I don't, you know, there's a lot of five-star guys out there that can't play dead in a movie. So, yeah. That, that, that's kind of, I think, the, the I market, think correct. Yeah, the market typically corrects itself. And, and I've been questioning since the jump, guys, when it comes to NIL specifically. Because I, I don't blame the players at all. I mean, you, you'd be crazy as a player not to take advantage of, you know, some of these life-changing figures in regards to the money the guys are being offered. But I've just questioned from the jump some of the, the business owners. And, I, and I'm not saying guys should not get the bag. But like you mentioned, the market corrects itself. And, you know, business owners – most of the good ones that I've ever met are not apt to making bad business decisions. So like you mentioned, like guys getting paid eight, nine, ten million dollars in regards to being whatever position you are, but quarterbacks, like you think of how Texas A&M and Miami feel right now, right after investing all that money in their recruiting classes. So I, I do think it's something where I think some regulations probably need to be set in place. Thankfully, there are people that are much smarter and higher up than me that will probably make those decisions. But so I, I think something needs to happen. Something needs to be set in place. But I do expect, like you said, JC, the market to correct itself. And, and some of these business owners probably to take a step back and realize, like, this may not be the absolute best use of our funds. And winning's important, but at what cost? You know what I mean? By any means necessary. When does by any means necessary go too far? That, that's my question. So. Exactly. And it doesn't always equate to winning. I made the right. point earlier, right. entitlement in this sport and really in life, if you got to work towards something, if you, if you're entitled and I'm not talking about confident or driven or anything like that, entitlement's a different, that's the opposite of all that. When you're entitled and if you give an 18 year old, $8 million, I think they're going to feel that way, regardless of who they are. That's why child actors end up having lots of problems, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's only so many Drew Barrymore's and I think she had, she had her share of problems as well. Yeah. Um, Jody Foster, maybe, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, uh, you know, I, I, I think entitlement it can, can it has nothing to do. It can, it can cause you not to win when you should yeah. uh, in the sport. And so that, I think that's what they do. And you're right. You, you talk about these business owners and stuff and people that uh, they didn't get rich and they didn't build successful businesses making stupid investments. Right. 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 Yeah, so, no, for sure. For sure. No, I agree. One hundred and ten percent. And it's interesting to say all this because South Carolina has obviously benefited from NIL as well. But. I just think there's going to be a balance at some point, right? Like NIL is not going away, nor should it go away. It's a great opportunity, again, for guys to monetize what they've worked very hard for, which is their name, their image, and their likeness, right? The fact that their name holds the weight, it holds value for them to be compensated. That's something guys should absolutely be able to take advantage of. But, yeah, guys, some of just the ridiculous numbers we've seen and uh, it going from what I thought NIL was in the beginning to sort of this pay-for-play model – I just don't think it's going to be really sustainable. And 
again, like you mentioned, JC, the market will correct itself eventually. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it'll all work out. But what, what's interesting now, right now, of course, as we've talked before, combining NIL and transfer portal, that's, uh, yeah. that's where it gets tricky. But again, it may benefit South Carolina. If Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, if their decisions go maybe the way that we hope, I'm sure NIL will have played a huge part. So, I mean, it's 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 sort of a tricky situation because, you know, there's some people out there like, oh, I, I don't love the transfer portal. How can you not as a Gamecock fan? It got us our quarterback and got us to, to eight wins this season. You know what I mean? So, it, it, it's it's an interesting debate for sure, an interesting topic that uh, is not going away anytime soon. Yeah, Sal, I mean, you think of all the players they brought in. It, it, we mentioned the Clemson game earlier. There was a transfer from Wingate, transfer from East Tennessee, Transfer from James Madison. If those guys don't make the plays they do in that game, South Carolina don't win that game. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's a, that's an interesting thing right there as well. Um, you know, you, you kind of look forward. Uh, speaking of Rattler and Wells, because that's a different different topic. That's that, that NIL is involved, but I think it's more the NFL versus NIL than Portal versus uh, NIL. These two guys come back, Chris. Uh, and they can shore up some spots, and I have confidence they will. Mm. Uh, I think there's going to be very high expectations uh, this offseason uh, coming back. I don't think it takes Birch and Lloyd and Bell, yep. those guys. Kind of, I think these are the two guys, uh, especially Spencer Rattler, because that quarter that, that position is so critical. Right. Um, and, and I think, uh, even though the Gator Bowl second half, I know he struggled or whatever, they got one-dimensional, but – Man, I, I think he's got a chance to do something really, really special. Uh, I think we saw that the last three games of the year, just how talented he is and how good he can be. I think he'll be in the right system. So, you know, your, your thoughts on well, what if he does come back and how does that, that – I would think that directly impacts expectations. I think the return of Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells is the difference between – fighting for six or seven wins in year three of Shane Beamer. And if those two gentlemen come back, it's dif the difference between that and competing, possibly being a dark horse in the SEC East. I, I think it makes that big of a difference, right? Because if you don't have that position figured out, the quarterback position, the rest of it almost doesn't even matter, right? You're going to get exposed on a week-in, week-out basis if you do not have the guy under center. So I think it makes that big of a difference. And I think certainly, you know, when you just talk, J.C., expectations, not even what's going to happen, but uh, if you thought expectations were at a fever pitch last summer, just wait till this summer. I, I mean, and that would be that'd be really fun, right? Like the Gamecocks will be the darling at SEC Media Days, and you know people going to be picking them. You know, again, they're the dark horse, they're the sleeper. Because you look at the East, you know, Vandy's Vandy. You got to get the Missouri monkey off your back. That, that's that's got to be taken care of. But Kentucky, kind of in an interesting transition period, you know, from the Levis era to this new guy they've gotten. Florida looks like they're in disarray under Billy Napier. Tennessee will have a new quarterback. So I, Georgia will have a new quarterback. So I, I think there's an opportunity there for South Carolina, right? Obviously, the first half of the season's a bit of a gauntlet. You open up with UNC, which will be a great test for a, a new look defense of sorts, new look secondary for sure at the corners. So, but yeah, those two guys come back, JC, Phil, no doubt. I, I think the Gamecocks, you know, I think you're aiming for a nine and three season. Maybe even more, you know what I mean? It, it, it's uh, under Dowell Loggins' first year. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of reasons that point to why it would make a lot of sense for both those guys to come back. Obviously, I, I'm not an NFL scout or an NFL draft guy. I'm not advising Rattler and Wells one way or the other, telling them what they should do, right, because they know more than we do. But 
I, I think it makes a lot of sense why they, you know, why why they should return and why it'd be beneficial for them and their futures and obviously for this South kind of football team in 2023. So I think it makes a huge difference, JC. Again, I think it's the difference between being a fringe bowl team and being a dark horse in the SEC East next year. Drake May versus Spencer Rattler in the opener in Charlotte. Maybe we can get a decent kickoff time for that daggum game. I hope so. That'd be a lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. A lot yeah. of points. Lot of points. Hopefully, hopefully it's not like 5 p.m. on a Thursday. That was yeah, probably who decided yeah. that that time. Rush Charlotte, downtown Charlotte, Thursday. 5 o'clock yeah. on a Thursday. Anyway, Chris, all right, man, I'll talk to you in about an hour and uh, 23 minutes, man. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. JC, Phil, appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to many more fun conversations in 2023. And again, Happy New Year to you guys. And we'll talk this afternoon, JC. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Happy New Year to you, man. Absolutely. Take care. Chris Phillips, High Energy Spurs Up show. I'll be on with him here in a little bit. We got a break to fit in here, Phil, right? No, oh, we can squeeze one in. We got a few minutes, though, because the top of the hour is the next break. So, oh, is that you know, next? We're in oh, we're, 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 we're Okay, so we're good. There we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody had something up here I was going to talk about. Um, I was saying, you know, with the whole NIL situation and, and the absurdity of people, you know, saying that certain positions are going to be worth certain dollar amounts, you know, versus their stars. I mean, the guy we've been talking about today, Jordan Birch, is the perfect example of that. Here you go. Five-star player, right? How top, much would that have been? Five, yeah. 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 How much are you paying that guy to develop every year? To- to get where he is today. <laughs> You're going to give hey, him hey, millions hey. of dollars to sit there and, you know, play special teams one year, play special teams and spell, you know, be a second, <laughs> be a second guy. You're going to, to where he's finally a starter in here. Is that, you know, is that how it's going to go? Cause this is still, you can't, this is the thing about NIL is you can change the landscape, but you can't change the game. It's still yeah. a developmental game. You're not ready. I mean, 90% of these guys, I don't care how many damn stars they have, are not ready to play day one when they get there as freshmen. It's rare because it's not just it's talent versus, you know, mental, you know, your mentality. So uh, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. It's part of this will correct itself right now. It's the new play thing and everybody with money, you know, loves to, you know, throw it around and buy things then they're doing it with players right now until they realize that they're just going to do harm to their program in the long run. I think so too, especially with when you talk about freshmen. And I'd say like, like Jordan Addison going to SC allegedly for NL money. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good for the game because Pitt spent all that time developing him and all, but is he worth it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, but and that may on the end the back side of that is, is was he even on the Bolitnikov watch list <laughs> late in the season this year? <laughs> After another one the year before, yeah, you know, know, it's like, know. Yeah. that's true, you know. How's um, his draft stock so, this year as opposed to if he had left last year? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the NFL doesn't care, they're gonna, they're gonna draft. I mean, you look at the way the NFL drafts, they're, they're not mm-hmm. out there going, Oh, well, this guy, he's a five star in high school. He sucked awfully bad in college and got beat out by these people and, and transferred four times. But like JT Daniels, probably not getting drafted, right? Yeah. <laughs> number, number, number one court, number player in the country. You know? yeah. Not getting drafted. Uh, yeah. no. um, they don't care. The NFL doesn't give a no. fiddler's whatever about it. But see, and here's the thing too, though. You, Phil, you talked about there is kind of a – if you sat down and talked to people in college football, there is sort of a fair, 
like a true market value, you know, mm. for, for some of these guys, like your starters, uh, you know, you're starting offensive line and, you know, when they get to that point and this point. Now, yeah. That's different. That's um, known quantity, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's also mm. merit based. It's merit based. It's not based on high school. I mean, I, I told somebody one time, like, uh, you know, 9 million for a five or paying for a five-star rating out the nose like that is like paying the guy that's voted most likely to succeed a doctor's salary before he gets to college and goes to medical school. You're this much of a genius. Are you going to let him operate on you, Phil? You let him operate on you? Wish things weren't like that when I was coming out of high school, Jay-Z. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. (laughs) I I was was voted – that that was before I launched my Chippendales career. I was sec- I was right. voted sexiest man in the high school, sexiest man alive. No, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm lying about that. But yeah, I mean you can't you know you can't do that. Uh, all right, so Clint has a Clint has a uh, Clint has a uh, a point here. JC, I haven't watched this film yet. Is the Fugar kid from Western Illinois any good? He's an interesting last name though, right? I'm gonna go Fugar on you. Yeah. Um, he's from Normal, Illinois. I got I got some connections here, like uh, geographic right. connections. He's from Normal, Illinois, which is where Illinois State University is, which is where my fiance matriculated, and Western Illinois, home of the Leathernecks, where my brother Jason, the pilot, matriculated. Um, ironically, this is kind of ironic. He was in the army and married a woman from Illinois. That was his first wife. And uh, now here I am. I'm on Illinois duty. <laughs> so, so the Sherbert boys. <laughs> there's something about these women up here that we like, uh, even though mine's originally from Thailand, but her, her, his was originally from Mexico. So I, I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, my brother went to Western Illinois, so I've always kind of paid attention to the program. He's a big six foot five, three hundred thirty two pound guy. I it reminds me a little of Dennis Daly, kind of. You know, uh, not a guy where you go, man, he's pretty, you know, like, like he's not built like Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson, but he's a big road grading, tough guy from the Midwest. And so I'm for taking him. Yeah. I'll take that you know? all day long, man. <laughs> uh, 76 I says, in mind of big 10 O lines. I was like, yeah, I'll take a big 10 O line. <laughs> Yeah. Jim says, uh, first time in here. Good to see you back, JC. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. And look, man, I'm going to be uh, hitting you up pretty soon uh, for some things of what we talked about for the show, the elements and all that. 76 is JC taught me off the ledge this morning. Obviously, I'm kidding. But we got to find ways to manage our way through and get back to big win seasons. It's tough at the moment. Hey, look, I, you know, don't, okay, think, don't, don't like, group winning with winning the off season. Uh, and if you do, that's fine. But think about the good that's happened this off season uh, with the recruiting class uh, and everything else. You know, the, the issue with South Carolina right now is this NIL thing has to grow. It doesn't have to grow to be huge. It needs to grow to be sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I promise you guys, I'm on the front lines here. I know the numbers, you know, you're not talking about, you know, somebody's life savings having to go to one, to a guy that's a backup tackle. You know, yeah. that's not. We're, this is a the amount of money some of these guys are making, and I don't I don't get into the amounts, but it's about like having a 
I don't know, being a pretty good car salesman, that, that kind of salary, pretty good. Not, not, not the best, not the dealership owner, but you know, pretty, you make a good living. I mean, uh, I kind of put it in mind, JC is like, it's, you know, you're not talking about huge dollar amounts, but like enough money to where mom doesn't have to worry if she's paying her bills while he's in college. And, and look, I, I'm going to be honest, that stuff happens. I mean, there, there's, I'll tell you right now, there's some kids and, and, you know, you can kind of take care of this out of the NIL deal. You know, some kids that can't afford a plane ticket home for Christmas and, and back to the bowl side or whatever. And, and, and they're, they're not from this area. If you notice the recruiting net has gone out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's the positive part of some of this NIL stuff is you can jump right in and say, all right, well, we'll pay you this. And there's your money and off you go. Um, yeah, I mean, life-changing money is is very specific to the life. Yes, and I, I just don't think I, I don't know that you know ninety nine percent of these guys want life changing money. I, you know, I think you know there's there's with some of these kids that there are legitimate situations that come up. Uh, you know, because the whole myth about these guys can't afford a pizza or go on a date that's a load of crap. Yeah, because that's the, they, yeah. that's the they old get the, line. They get, yeah. they, get the, they get the cost of living stipend. They get a lot of them get Pell grants. They get the Austin Overage money for their own full scholarship. I think you can actually order pizza now from the the football. I, I don't know if you can order yeah. that or not, but yeah, that's not that's not that's that's most of them have pretty decent cars. But uh, look, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, there are some issues that come up. I mean, there's two players that have had massive that I know of off the top of my head that have had, and I'm not going to say who they are, and it's none of, none of anybody's business, but they've had massive car repair bills they've had to pay. And no, I'm not talking about Juice Wells because I know he got in a wreck and we thought we afford that. <laughs> but but I mean, like crap, shoot! When I was in college, my bumper fell off. I'd have the money to pay that delivering euros for Sammy's Deli. <laughs> Remember that accord I had, Phil, where the bumper fell off? <laughs> I just had to rock and roll without a bumper, right? Yeah, man, that was $500 back in the day. Used to, it might as well have been a damn million, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So, Nana's Force chat box rolls on. JB, I will answer your question about Park Avenue when we come back. Uh, Going to also uh, talk a little, maybe a little basketball. I don't know. Uh, but talk about the, the recruiting. Sonder talks about Sammy's Deli. He's like, I forgot about that place. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, here's a little secret for you before we go to break. <laughs> Sammy uh, was from Libya, and he came to this country. Uh, gosh, I, shoot, I hope he's still alive. He's a dear good friend of mine and really helped me out when I was at Carolina. Um, and uh, that was my first time really living in another city for my mom and parents and stuff. So we all know how that goes. Uh, and so Sammy, he used to call the euros gyros, but he came over from Libya. Right. And I guess he came over kind of around, you know, Gaddafi and Pan Am one Oh three and all that in the eighties. So he didn't want to tell anybody he's from Libya. So he said, I'm from Greece, but he didn't say Euro. He said gyro. So he gave himself away and nobody picked up on it, but me. And that wasn't until two years later. Of course I was. I was stoned at the time. Or, anyway, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't go there. It's 1999. I've cleaned up my accents then. Yeah, anyway, yeah. folks, we'll be right back. I'll answer the Park Avenue question. Thanks again to Chris Phillips. Don't forget, I'm on the Spurs Up show later. I'm dropping a JC and Morgan. 
J.C. Sherbert is back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That one, easy. He's got a tiger by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to schedule your no-obligation consultation to talk about an outdoor retreat for your own backyard. And, of course, the first hour I neglected to mention was brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team up here in the Upstate. Give Cindy a call for your Upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. And we are happy to have everybody back together. It was fun yesterday, JC. I really, you know, it, uh, didn't realize how much I missed it till we started doing it again, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, with the vertigo I had, and, and like I said, I, I wasn't even 100% yesterday. And I hope, because I, I, I'm kind of doing one of those marathon things today. JC and Morgan's yeah. always like an hour, 15, hour and a half. And it was early. I got this, and then Spurs Up show. It's probably about 30 to 45. I have to I have carpool today, so I've got to get off at one. But so I'm hoping the marathon doesn't like throw my equilibrium off, but so far, so good. And certainly it is good to have everybody back here. Michael has a good thing in the Nana Sports chat box. He says, How much do professional corn holder corn holders make? I'm pretty good at it. Were you part of the Gamecock? What is it, the national championship uh, cornhole? Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. That and uh, cock hockey is what the, the, the hockey club team, all pretty good, by the way. Um, 
and all that. Uh, hey, we we got a we only had one mailbag question. I think we did, didn't we? Uh, let's see. Or have you been checking it? I've been looking at them. I've been keeping up with it. And y'all, thanks for all the you know love and support from the mailbag while we were on our uh, hiatus there. But um, yeah, I think Isaiah is the only one we've got in here really today. And we've talked this to death because it's like greetings, JC and Phil. Hope you guys are doing well. What's the latest on Jordan Birch? And we've kind of been going around on that. I think, you know, he still has yet to enter the portal. There's a lot of rumblings that he is going to do so. Potential landing destination, obviously, is Oregon. But there's nothing official as of yet. And you have a doppelganger, apparently. Oh, I did. Yeah, I forgot about that when that one came one, in. One of his, your boy Ross says, Eric yeah. is 100% Phil's doppelganger. That's Phil, funny. you also look like a dude that's married to Nat's friend Shar. His okay. name's Pete. His name's Peter. He's a like a much more feminine version of you. Oh, so, all right. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't think she this one up. Let's see. If I don't. Think, I, yeah, put 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 the put Eric up, and uh, I, I don't have a Peter. Well, I mean, I don't have a picture of Peter. Somebody could cut up that thing where I'm saying I said I don't have a Peter. And just like put it on a loop. I don't have a Peter. I don't have a Peter. I don't have a Peter. That would not go <laughs> well. There you go. Yeah, there we are. There's Phil. Yeah, it's not not that's close. 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 Way to go. Way to go. Um, Johnny says, uh, hey, guy, or, I'm no JB first because I promised you this. What happened with Park Avenue? Okay, here's what happened. The NCAA, and I've seen them do this before, and, and this is not the same. It's kind of the, it's kind of my world and not, not that world. Uh, but when I was covering recruiting, I, I was part of the Ascension at Rivals.com till they sold to Yahoo, and then I helped launch 24-7 Sports. The NCAA hated the fact – because there are stupid rules where you can't cover recruiting. We're like, it's a free country. We can cover whatever the hell we want. Well, you're not supposed to do it. Well, who said, you know, you, <laughs> you know, um, so they, they hated, they hated recruiting at every turn. Um, the EA sports game, which they eventually killed, which all of us loved uh, rivals.com was supposed to do the, uh, the, to kind of brand the recruiting dynasty mode thing. We had an agreement with the ACE. Well, the NCAA said, no, you can't do that, or we're going to pull the game. I mean, that's how petty some of these people are over things they cannot control or that they don't make money off of because they can't, because their rule state, you can't cover recruiting. So they can't license the coverage. You know, it was hard, hard for in the early days for, for the sites to get credentialed and all that. And the schools finally were like, screw you. These are media outlets. Uh, technology helped us with that. So they're very much so like if they can't control something and keep in mind, they're scared to death about getting sued over this NIL stuff. Oh, Birch is officially in the portal though. Yep. It's okay. all that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So take all that back. I just said, yeah, wasn't, <laughs> yeah. well, well, there he goes. Well, fluid situations. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but, uh, okay, so back to that. So the NCAA, they, they can't control the NIL collectives because they're all separate business entities. They're not really affiliated with schools, you know, and, and they can't come down on They can't investigate them. 
most of them are LLCs like mine uh, and like Garnet Trust A and the Garnet Trust Foundation is a 501c3, which is they have to be transparent because it's a charity. And you can, you know, but look, look, this just opens itself up for what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so the NCAA could do nothing about it. So, you know, South Carolina had a very nice uh, inward thinking, creative project that they were going to put serious money behind. And it was never intended to take the place of a collective. It was it was intended to give Carolina kind of a leg up because you, you do have some some very uh, brandable, famous, whatever you want to say it, uh, student athletes here already, like the women's basketball program has a bunch of them. Names that are, I mean, a lot of value in a lot of these girls to market things for companies. And um, Spencer Rattler would be one. Gigi Jackson would be one. Nicholas Harbor, if he came in, would be one. And, and so what they did was they basically like co-opted or hired uh, one of the best sports marketing companies uh, whose president just so happened to be a Gamecock uh, in the country and signed them to an exclusive deal and brought them in-house. Okay, so these guys, Park Avenue – See, part of South Carolina's athletics department, and I know, and they're going to go out and and, and, dude, and uh, go out like 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 regular agents would, because they are regular agents and get deals for players, like market deals for players, uh, game changing, right? Because that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's what they said. Uh, the NL, the NCAA said, "Well, it's for your name, image, and likeness, right?" Well, okay. Well, they always talk about education. What could be more educational? Then for your student athletes who are going to have to deal with this in the quote unquote real world to work side by side with professionals, right? Okay. Ah, you, you care about education and opportunity and all that bull crap you talk about all the time. Um, but because they can't control any of this, uh, they looked at it, right? So it, it wasn't even like, because South Carolina just didn't do this in a vacuum. They went, got approval for it. This subcommittee, because because they're scared to death, keep in mind. Uh, and I think they got some complaints from some other folks uh, and, and, or something. And, and and so the subcommittee was like, I can't do that randomly. And and why? Well, it's, it's against our main bylaws. You can't give extra benefits to student athletes unless it's for the whole student body, right? Mm. That's not feasible. And so that's uh, and that's something the NCAA can control is their member institutions and, and their violations of their bylaws. So they came out with all these crazy rules that was like, well, the school can't give money to a collective. And so those of you that want to know why can't uh, Shane Beamer or the athletics department write a check and put it in an IL collective, that's why. Um, you know, they can't do that, but they could promote it. Like, okay, you're going to promote these. Okay, so whatever. But then they can't give extra benefits. And I'm like, so what you're doing is you're, you're outsourcing the extra benefits to a third party who are all clearly representatives of the university's athletic interests, which is against your bylaws too. But you're, you're going to torpedo an extremely educationally beneficial, uh, game-changing thing, not only for Carolina from a competitive standpoint, but to help the players here. Because there are a lot of them, like even in like your minor sports, like track and field and things like that. So these folks go to the Olympics. You know, they're, those endorsements for those Olympic athletes are everything. You're screwing them over too. Bang, bang, pow. 
Remember that in, uh, in, in uh, Step Brothers? Uh, Rick, Rick, Riggler, he just goes, pow, 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 pow. And then, and then at, the end, at the end, he just starts, anyway, during uh, the Catalina wine mix, he just starts bawling. But here's the thing, too. It's short side of the NCAA to shut something like that down, too, because here, you know, we've got a, a, you know, a landmark program set up potentially here for South Carolina that could have been a model for all universities to use moving forward through this, you know, new landscape of NIL that is going to benefit these kids on how to market themselves. A, because here's the deal. They're not all going to go and play in the professional leagues. However, if they can tap into some other talent that they have or some other skill that is, valuable enough for them to make a living on post-graduate uh post-graduation then you know why not nurture that it just it's it's i can't stand any thing that the ncaa does to stifle creativity and to actually and it hurts it hurts the players in the long run it hurts anybody who did have access to that in the long run and who's to say that the university wouldn't open it up to somebody outside of the athletics realm that would have been able to market themselves in such a fashion that could have used these you know the branding help it, it, it wasn't exclusive. Massive. There was no exclusivity when Park Avenue signed, other than it just started in the athletic office. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And I'll say this, Phil, too. It goes against the mission of the NCAA. What, what about all that bull crap they used to say yeah. about we're going pro in something other than sports? Oh, really? Well, you're really helping them get ready. I will tell you this right now, too. When you're talking about college classes, most of the college, and I, and I, I graduated, right? Most of the college classes I took, even the ones I enjoyed, they've helped me absolutely none in the real world. None. <laughs> yeah, my, acting, my acting classes help a little bit with, you know, here and there. That's kind of all natural stuff. Uh, my writing classes, okay, great. Uh, you know, uh, geology of the Southeast or North America with this idiot that graduated from Harvard at USC Upstate that went to, that we had a freaking field trip. I'm like, and yes, I was 23 years old when I graduated. I'm like, I'm 23 years old, dude. I'm working two jobs. I don't have time for a field trip or group work. This My guy, wife you talks know. about that field trip, that geology field trip. Dude, <laughs> yeah, she did. I know she did the same. We weren't in the same class, but the same professor. Yeah. And look, but half of this bull, this awful, this uh, these things they teach you in college, you know, this would help probably, I estimate, this will help a student athlete going pro or not, okay, just from a business standpoint, 10 times more than 90% of the classes they'll take at the University of South Carolina. And that's nothing as University of South Carolina. I think at some schools with a higher academic reputation, based on some of the things they teach in those schools these days, probably 98%. Yeah, same. And the, yeah, N- the NCAA, <laughs> in all their wisdom, uh, you know, shut this down. And, 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 and that's, and, and unfortunately for South Carolina, it threw their, their NIL efforts uh, through the walls. But I'll tell you this right now, people talk about, well, they should have been promoting the collectives uh, from the beginning and maybe they should have, but I'm going to tell you this right now. It was never communicated to me that Oh Park Avenue is all we're going to do. There's not a lot of staff there, guys. It's not like, it's not like in this one NIL department, you've got like 20 people working on projects, you know, and you've got other projects for athletics too. You got sports being played, you got uh, facilities, you've got, you know, issues that come up. And so 
you know, I, I was kind of just patient about it. You know, I was like, well, you know, I, as far as my collective goes, I was like, well, they're going to get behind it eventually. Well, then all of a sudden Park Avenue blows up. It's really, and then that affects everything else, you know, because there hasn't been that work. And I understand, I mean, it'd have been nice to have had some promotion from then. Maybe we'd be a little bit of, uh, further ahead, but um, uh, as far as Carolina Rise goes, but, uh, you know, that, that, that was just an unfortunate thing. Um, and uh, unfortunately for the NCAA, uh, they they do stuff like this all the time, but things they can't control, they try to over control the things they can. Uh, that's why college coaches for football can't go to the Shrine Bowl practices anymore. You know why? Because something happened at a AAU basketball tournament, big surprise, and uh, college coaches were talking to, oh God forbid, recruiting guys, right? At those bats, so they said. No more coaches at all-star games. Ask Nick Saban what he thinks about it. Oh, we can't go to all-star games anymore. It makes no sense. So, anyway, that's the thing there. Johnny Powers says, good to see you guys. What's the latest from Nick Harbour in D.C.? Spelled his name right. I think it has a U in it, but you're cool. Um, still think South Carolina's in good shape. I can't tell you they're getting him, but I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not. Hope that makes sense. He doesn't decide for a while, though. So we're t- we had a lot of talks about uh, Sammy's Deli. Craig says, that are, are our millionaire alums just not giving enough? You said we had quite a few. Somebody told me that one time, Craig, the University of South Carolina has something like 77 people worth that are alums, not necessarily football, sports fans, alums worth uh, 50 million or more. So, you know, that's the thing there. Uh, Clint says a feminine version of Phil. Oh, that's a nice shot there, Phil. Come on. <laughs> uh, Steven sure. says Max Ol- uh, don't credit Max Olson from the athletic for that birch of the portal thing I- I'll tell you my boy Brad Crawford uh, probably had that in his brain before anyone <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway I mean you got some people say, uh, KFC says time for Desmond uh, Meredith mentions this you see Meredith was a- an athlete in Carolina right um they're salty because we were smart enough to be the first university to do this. Yeah, I'm sure they'd rather have one of their darling mm-hmm. schools. That should have been at Michigan. Oh, or, yeah. oh God, for Ohio, the biggest hypocrites of all, Ohio State. Did you guys happen to catch the kid that was like, man, uh, NIL, man. Uh, I could have had the NIL. Big deals. But I went to Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh man, this kid's from South Florida, right? It looks they they do recruit well in South Florida. They do have a great receivers coach at Ohio State. Don't get me wrong; any receiver will want to play there for just a scholarship. But I know a few things about this, and boy, <laughs> um, how sweet was it that they the, uh, <laughs> just the the poetry of the kick at midnight missing. As much as I, you know, as much as I hate seeing Georgia be Georgia, <laughs> I really can't stand Ohio State. <laughs> and it was just so sweet that they missed that kick right there as the ball was dropping and crushed their little red. Yeah. <laughs> as something else, yeah, there too. That, that was a weird because I, I I'd forgotten what time it was. I called my Georgia fans and, and they're like screaming and my friends are like, hey, go to us. Like, we're just about to toast midnight with my family. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my daughter came out, she's like, oh, it's about three minutes till. I'm like, oh my god. Then I realized I'm like, damn, this game ain't over yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, geez, okay. <laughs> 
Uh, KSC says, Bent Birch gets an Ohio State call. Doubt it. <laughs> ben Tyson said, if the South Carolina NILs don't, deals don't get better, this poaching will continue to happen with our best players. Um, Ben, I don't know, man, because um, I'm about to read something else from Stacy. And, and like I said, I've been in the middle of all this, and it's not – look, South Carolina doesn't have the resources right now NIL-wise to do a ton of huge deals, but they're competitive. I mean, Birch didn't just – it wasn't just like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so can get me this in NIL, and South Carolina can only get like 100000 less. I mean, that's just not true. Now, do they need to get better? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, but especially regarding Birch, though, JC, when you think about the recruitment and the signing, and the, I mean, there was so much vacillation and just behind the scenes stuff that was going on there. And nothing was ever a done deal until, you know, even after he said yeah, it man. was a done deal. You know, it's Jordan. like it, <laughs> this guy has been an enigma, Jordan to Burge say is, the least. <laughs> Jordan Birch is not. Struggled financially at South Carolina. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I just, anyway, um, with, with, of course, a good NIL deals. I wasn't insinuating anything else. Stacy says, rumor is that Birch is not about NIL, but about winning a championship. I heard that. I heard that he's told people that he didn't think they're good, South Carolina's going to be very good next year, but he's also told people that Spencer Rattler's definitely going pro. That would come as a surprise to a lot of people, including Spencer Rattler. Uh, Kevin says he's not going to Oregon to win a championship. They're telling people they are because they got Bo Nix coming back. I think there's a relationship with Dan Lanning. And let me tell you something about the D line coach at Oregon, Tosh Lupoy. Look him up. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up. Look him up. So, uh, Austin says, I don't care if we get net gain from the portal this year. College football is unrecognizable to make what made it so great. Players should get paid, but the portal in conjunction with NIL is killing it. You really think so? Because uh, because here, here's my thing about that. I, I You know, it could happen that way, Austin. It could kill it. You're, you're, I, I don't think it's what's called sustainable, but um, I disagree. It's killed it. I mean – how many down-to-the-wire exciting bowl games did we have this year? Rivalry weekend was off the charts good when it normally isn't. The semifinals have been blowouts. Uh, you, you don't think the transfer portal allowed a TCU to, to go advance the national championship game? Because it did. Heck, they lost Zach Evans last year, the, the highest-rated recruit in the history of their program. And, wh- and, and where is he? He was second team at Ole Miss behind a three-star freshman from Bama. <laughs> <laughs> It tells you something there. Sometimes about these five-star guys, and he's on the bench half the time and declared nobody gave a fliddler's flu if he did or not. Well, TCU is going to play for all the marbles. Um, you know, South Carolina had a great year. The stadium was sold out most games. Uh, Carolina took more fans to a bowl game than at any point uh, since the, the Outback Bowls back in the early 2000s. Um. So I don't know that I agree with that point yet. I think what's going to get old is, is if you have like a systematic deal where consistently the haves are poaching from the have nots, you know, I think some of these lateral moves, I mean, hell, Marshawn Lloyd wants to go to Maryland. Great for money. Great. 
Now, honest to God, if Jordan Birch wants to go to Oregon for money, great. He's not going to be the difference between them. Unless he gets a lot better between now and then, he's going to help them. He's going to be the difference between them winning a championship. He's not Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, right? So I, I just don't know that I'm there right now. I think it's stressful for fans because it's new. And like I explained earlier, we went through this weird year with the, with the pandemic year with no fans in the stands and all this whatever happened that year, all SEC schedule, you missed rivalry games. And what's beautiful about college football is it's consistent. Every fall you look forward to it. Every Thanksgiving you look forward to playing Clemson. If you're South Carolina, same vice versa. We all got off schedule. You know, the weekend that was usually the SEC championship game, game guys are playing at Kentucky. Weird, weird, in front of no fans. The, the guy that's yelling first down Kentucky in an empty stadium, are you kidding me? And then we come back, and then there's this transfer portal, and everybody can just go free. And all of a sudden, then oh, it's NIL, so you can just buy players, and then you know, blah blah blah. It's a it, it's 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 rocked the system and the guts and the roots of what we all love. But I don't necessarily think it's killed the sport yet. I think I think this is more of an adjustment that has to take place than the sport going by. By I think the sport's very healthy, especially this year with the. Uh, with the playoff and all that. Yeah. I mean, and there um, still are constraints on the transfer portal. I mean, you get one free transfer and then you can graduate yeah. transfer without having to sit, but beyond what a coaching change, if you decide to transfer again, you still have to sit a year. Yeah. Outside of those three circumstances, so you get a free one. Uh, coaching change gives you a, a free go. And then, Graduate, you know, you can't you can't regulate somebody for graduating. So exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Arthur says, JC, how much does culture help with keeping kids in the school? If it doesn't help, why does culture matter? It does. You'd have lost a lot more players under Shane Beamer if he didn't have a good culture. I can assure you of that. And he turned that around in quick time. I mean, a lot of those kids, when the old staff left, but one foot out the door. So you know, that's the thing there. See, Jesse says, Burch is a very good player. So is Lloyd. So is the edge rusher in the portal that just visited FSU. So what? We only need players that want to be here. If you always ache to be a Seminole, bye. Uh, Austin says, winning is great, but this isn't the same college football we all fell in love with. Free agencies for the NFL. I don't know if you even call it free agency, man. I think it's just transfers, you know. So, uh, but, 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 but talk to me in a couple of years on this because yeah, I mean, cause it could go in any number it, of directions. It could go, it could go mm -hmm. South quick. Yeah. Quick. Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's people, other coaches from schools putting things in their heads about South Carolina. I don't think they got a negative recruit. I think that, well, the championship thing's interesting. Oh, I what a championship there. So I don't know. All right. We got to hit a break. Don't we Phil? Oh, I'm sure we do. Yeah. Are we behind it? Yeah. So we, we got two more. No, we, for got, the show. we got two more for the show. Two more. So we're we're not too far right. behind. T time to take one and then we'll roll uh with the other quickly. All right. Back uh, after these messages inside the game. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show you can't handle the truth gamecock nation do you need a place to stay for the big game many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions but at fan plans you support inside the gamecocks still earn your hotel loyalty points and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel whether you are visiting columbia to cheer on carolina or hitting the road to follow the team get in the stands with fan plans Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give uh, John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about setting up a consultation, to talk about what they can do to transform your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, yeah, I don't know. You know, we're looking at all this going on in the critically acclaimed, award-winning Nana's Porch chat box about uh, Jordan Birch and his departure. You know, and the championship thing is interesting, JCC. You brought it up. Like, you can win a championship in South Carolina. The path is harder, right? You're in the Premier Conference. Excuse me, y'all. But you're going to go out west to think you have a better shot at that? I don't know. I mean, the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions anymore, man. So it's it's just the top two, and that makes it infinitely harder. I mean, uh, and I I think Oregon's got a really good program. Dan Lanning did a good coaching job this year after they got destroyed by Georgia. But um, I... it's the top two. So, so every, every single, so, so in one or two years, when you're out there, you can be better than Chip Kelly and his team, you're better Southern cow, better than Utah. Uh, you're you're going to run out there for lesser competition too, man. That's the thing that bothers me. It was like, you know, what are you afraid to try to do it here? (laughs) Yeah. I just don't get it. Now that's assuming he goes to Oregon. So, uh, and Cameron, yes. Uh, Birch hit the portal. Uh, officially, uh, 76 is JC. What do you know if anything about the rumor reel regarding Beamer to Michigan? If, if Harbaugh left <laughs> about what I thought about the rumor of Shane Beamer going to Purdue. Now look, <laughs> look, I'll be honest. Michigan's Michigan. It's something you have to consider. It's one of the greatest programs in the history of college football, but Shane hasn't, coached anywhere north of Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, he's no experience in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. Lincoln Riley went to Southern Cal, so I don't know. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, has Beamer done enough to where Michigan would throw stupid money and a stupid contract at him? I don't think so. You know, the guy I think could get Michigan. I said this on JC and Morgan. Uh, Kalen DeBoer from Washington, from UW. Uh, South Dakota guy, coached mm-hmm. at Indiana, coached Eastern Bay. He's familiar with that part of the country. Um, there's not really that Michigan man out there unless there's somebody in the NFL or something that they go get, and that'd be an uninspiring hire. But Kalen DeBoer is 90 and 11 as a head coach at Fresno State in Washington. So Jim makes a good point here in the chat box. He says, we will never be able to stop other schools from throwing crazy money at players. And even if we have a ton of money, you still have to make smart decisions. That's the key. And, and, and that's why I think – not having a lot of money right now will actually end up being a positive for South Carolina because it forces everybody to kind of get in the mindset and kind of play a little money ball. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not going to say that, like, like I told you, just knowing what I know, I don't think the financial situation with Birch was way off base uh, from what he was maybe getting with somebody else. Now, if there was some back and forth and you want to leave over $10,000, in a year, that's probably, probably better off without them. Because if, you, if you're worried about that, they're not worried about what they need to do. And, and look, Jordan's a, a really good player. He got better, came into his own this year a bit. Bright upside, but what I've always said, you still got to work at it. You still got to develop. There's no easy street. Um, and, I, and I think South Carolina does need to make smart decisions because I think a lot of how you can win at South Carolina is – is concentrating on your in-state players. And I think we've known enough to know now that, yes, you need to get your four- and five-star in-state guys at all costs and be competitive with Clemson or whoever else wants them. But I also think we know this, don't we? They're not always the best players <laughs> in South Carolina. They, uh, yeah, Sometimes they're – those aren't your best ones that are highly regarded and recruited. The, your, your best ones are guys that you, know, you go find and evaluate. Uh, and, and there's some that have left this state. Uh, the, uh, the previous staff did not offer that are really quite good players. Uh, who did win the bullet in the award this year, Phil? Wasn't Jalen yeah. Hyatt? Yeah. No, from no. Tennessee. So, yeah, so I, I, so, so I think with that, you know, what, what you have to do is guard against those guys like your Nick Evan Warriors, DQ Smiths, the guys that are really the foundation of your program from bouncing to another school once they are known entities. Because the, people are going to try to do that. There's a little, little South Carolina, blah, blah, blah. You got to take care of those guys, you know, and yeah. you got to make sure you get them. And then you got to be competitive. Uh, with Maryland and the DMV, like you've been doing. Uh, hopefully one day you get back in North Carolina. If not, you keep recruiting Georgia and Florida like you're doing. You evaluate well, and, and you make the experience financially, NIL-wise, coaching-wise, culture-wise, so good. Nobody wants to leave, you know. <laughs> Nobody wants to leave. Um, and North and Carolina's I don't, I, thing because their players aren't even staying at the home schools. I mean, everybody's poaching from North Carolina. Yeah, the state of North Carolina <laughs> right now is nuts. And I don't even know that you're going to be able to avoid situations like this happening from time to time. But you know who you know who it happened to last year? Georgia, after they won the yeah. national championship. Jermaine Burton from California, you know, got in the portal and just decided he was just going to stop in Tuscaloosa and play his final year of football. How'd that work out? 
<laughs> so, I mean, it happens. to. It, it, I don't know that you can completely avoid it, but what South Carolina has to do is, you know, focus on your success and your your formula for success as it relates to your program, your recruiting plan. Uh, look, so far, so good. The guys from lower levels transferring up have been magnificent. I said earlier, you don't beat Clemson without the East Tennessee guy, the Wingate guy, and the James Madison guy. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's a smart move, too, for the Gamecocks. And look, TCU kind of did the same thing, too. Um, after the final break, I am going to uh, read off TCU's portal class. So uh, we'll see this. Stacy says you have to remember these young men. The grass is greener on the other side. Now they can go see if it is. They're not experienced enough yet to know better. They will learn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed says several D-line players have now left. Is our D-line coach an issue? Uh, Sterling Lucas? <laughs> I hadn't heard anything bad. Uh, Edmund left because he wanted to go home. And Burks left because, you know, for those reasons we outlined. Uh, and that's one thing I want everybody to be clear about. I'm not saying you never blame coaches for something like this uh, because I think there's sometimes situations are not tenable uh, and coaches don't get along with players. You don't like your new coach, whatever you leave. Okay. But we have to be very careful about doing that from now on, both in recruiting when you blame coaches for not getting a guy and also uh, with guys jumping the portal. Uh, I know the easy thing to do is always going to be blame coaches, and that's happened around here for years. And that happens at every program. I think people, fans at every program need to understand there's, a, there's another bunch of layers to it, especially right now. Um, so, Ed, I don't think so. I've, I heard nothing but great things about Sterling Lucas the whole year. Um, so we'll see what happens. KFC makes the point that sometimes the grass is green on the other side because there's a lot more poop in it. My mom used to tell me that. <laughs> She's telling me that about, uh, gosh, people at her church that had gotten divorced, something like that. Um, Ed says, I was thinking maybe something was lacking from a player development standpoint. Ed, that's an interesting thought because I don't think any of the defensive linemen consistently played at the level that I ultimately think they can get to. I may be wrong about that. Maybe they're not just like, they're not that good. But there's two defensive line coaches. Uh, Jimmy Lindsay's on the interior with the tackles, and then Sterling Lucas has the outside. So I don't know, but we can talk about that. Final break inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's been a festive Thursday right after mm -hmm. these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Cabo here from the Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks is presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to set up a consultation to talk about changing your backyard into an outdoor retreat. They'll be happy to talk to you at no obligation and give you $500 off if you choose to use them for your next project. Regarding grass and green, you know, the grass over there and the grass in your own yard, the only difference in the two is you. <laughs> Buggies. <laughs> my camera's driving me nuts, and you said something profound, and I just froze. That's all right. No, dude, that was great. <laughs> actually, actually, Jackson mentions, he says, remember when Gunnar Stockton was going to save the program? Hell, yeah. That may still happen. You never know. <laughs> I, somebody told me last night Carson Beck starting Georgia next year. So hey, you never know. You never know. But remember the one of the biggest meltdowns we had besides the Dowell Loggins meltdown, which was maybe oh, more of a sign a sign of the times. That was epic. Was the Xavier Thomas meltdown? Because at the time, South Carolina was used to getting just about damn near everybody they wanted out of the state. And Xavier was a Florence kid. And Lance Thompson was on him. He's just great. Supposedly this great recruiter coming in and must have the first guy in there. And there wasn't, there, there wasn't a lot of D line talent in the state, you know, before. Uh, and, but, you know, he, Xavier was kind of that next guy, kind of like Xavier McLeod was in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Getting it on the radar as a freshman. All that. And, uh, uh, South Carolina ended up not getting him. And not only that, Clemson won the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sure it was solely based on one player. All the, the yeah, look, and I know, and look, I, I think Xavier Thomas has had a tough career. I respect the hell out of him. I think he's coming back to Clemson yet again, maybe. But he, um, you know, did that kill? Was he the reason South Carolina lost to Clemson all those years? No. Um, just like I remember, yeah, I mean, just like if you're a Clemson person and you go back to the Holtz area, you're like, damn, we really wanted Demetrius Summers. 
<laughs> Ultimately, it didn't really hurt you too much, did it? You know, should be okay. Um, so that's the thing. 76 has a great point here. Here's my thing. I simply want to be able to be excited about our best players without concern about fake backroom NIL deals by lowly wannabe Jerry Maguire types. Don't you mean Bob Sugar? <laughs> you complete me, 76. You complete me. Uh, no, but you're right. And look, man, I, I am friends with... Or no, and I don't, I don't want to call myself friends with them because I don't, I don't know that well, but I work I work with them with some Carolina Ross stuff. There's some good dudes that are agents for these guys, and they do things the right way. Uh, you know, there's some other people out there. I probably wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, burn, baby, burn. Disco in front. That's sadistic, isn't it? But yeah, come on. Uh, Queasy was Xavier Thomas was money well spent, allegedly. <laughs> you know, those are the fun old days where nobody talked about you know anything like that. Now you just go, Oh, yeah, well, here's the deal. But uh, look, but can it, we give Lance any good news? Are, are we looking at anybody in edge in the portal, Jay Z? Have you heard anything? <laughs> I think, I think he's gonna wait and see. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I had a conversation last night with a, a coach from another program that was actually like, there's not dick in the portal. Excuse me. That's, it. that's probably not your There's not anything in the portal on edge at, at end. Yeah. Just like last year, remember, there was nobody at offensive line, offensive tackle. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's uh, there's not a lot of ends in the portal. But you know what? The portal is still open. Um, you know, uh, yeah, nah, you know, we still got you know what couple weeks left before they can declare, or they while they still can declare for the portal. But I don't know. What if, what if the portal was like a, a strip club, and the portal's still open, ladies and gentlemen? We got four or five, <laughs> four or five dances come up. Xavier, Xavier's on the stage. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Jordan. Right. We got Sam Harvey coming up right after this. Good page, baby. Welcome, uh, welcome Jordan to the stage. Oh, yeah, uh, Mar- ladies and the lovely Marshawn. <laughs> Don't forget to dance and bumming cigarettes off of me and tell me about that. Was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Brad says, JC, random NIL question. Could you technically go over the scholarship limit if your NIL money is just paying for their scally? I think so. Um, And that's something I haven't seen a lot of just yet. Just yet. Hmm. Um, I haven't seen a lot of teams doing that just yet. I think, I think, because, you know, that's one of the things the NCAA can control. If they saw that happening in widespread basis, what they do is they just go cut the scholarship limit. Be like, all right, you're doing this. You're still going to be at 85 because we're going to cut you to 70. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been pretty good. Give it up for sentiment in the portal, Craiger says. <laughs> well, good night. Good hey, night. what if Craiger was the DJ? He's like, I'm the DJ, dude, Craiger right here. Right here at Portal. Portal Lounge. Don't forget the Portal Private Lounge, the PPL. It was only $25 for a PPL private dance right now. Give it up for sentiment portal right now. 
Stacy says you'd have Jay Moore on the show as Bob Sugar addressing the portal. Did Jay Moore got married recently? He didn't look the same. <laughs> like the I'm pandemic was the <laughs> pandemic was really hard of yeah, marriage and the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> he got the double whammy. Nah, seriously, uh, I'm gonna try to find it. See if we can find a picture of Jay Moore. Because yeah, he was in something. It was it's like in the New York Post. It's like famous comedian married, and I was like. Or he's dating somebody famous. Hold on, shoot. Yeah, he, he yeah, he's he's all well, I don't know, kind of Jeannie Bus. Jeannie Bus. Wasn't she married? Who Wait. was Jeannie Bus married to? Let's see. Jeannie Bus. Yeah. Who was Jeannie Bus? Oh, don't get Jerry Bus from the Lakers. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's she owns the Lakers. <laughs> she's 60. Man, she's 10 years older than him. You want to talk about it? Right now, here we go, right here. DJ Craiger at the Portal Lounge. Jay Moore going uh, with Jeannie the Cougar. Jeannie the Cougar, come to the stage. Come to the red stage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel says, "What about Jalen Lane, Brian Lane's son, that just entered the portal?" I'll have to ask. Uh, Daniel knows I can. I'll text Brian and ask him. See what's up. Oh, Stacy said Phil Jackson. I'm sorry, my bad. Mm. Bus could be my sugar mama. I'm all in. No, no, no. She was uh, Jerry Bus's, but she was Phil Jackson's ex. So, dude, how zen do you have to be to be dating Phil Jackson's ex, or are you not? Well, she is his She's, ex, so maybe she wasn't down with the whole uh, zen master thing. Well, I guess, yeah. Oh, she'll partner. She said partner. She was never married. Oh. Co-owner of Women of Wrestling. President of the Lakers. Southern Cowgirl. Oh, well. <laughs> he married her for the money. Times are hard. Come on, yeah. Uh, how long, how long is it that this Jay Moore was in a, <laughs> was in a stand up? It was probably freaking Jerry Maguire. Honestly, Jerry, no, hold on. Jerry Maguire was his first. He was, he's been in some things. Dumbbells, that was an award winning something, wasn't it? Critically, he was a cousin and groomsman. <clears throat> he's in a movie called Speaking of Sex. Oh, pay it forward. Oh, go was pretty good. That was in 1999. Jeez, it's been that long. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, Nat chimes in. Sorry, folks. Cold medicine is taking over our buddy JC there. Uh, Craig says he spends records at home. He has about a 400. Nice. Um, Tiffany says, hey, fellas. Tiffany, I need your mailing address. You didn't get your Carolina Rise Christmas card. I got it sitting right here. Anyway, email it inside the game at gmail.com. Um, Tiffany says, Hey, fellas, just logged on to say glad you're back. Okay, JC, and back to the helm. I think today I'm officially back. Yes. I think today, we have today was a very, I woke up this morning really early and got work banged out like I've been doing before the health scare. Nothing was spinning. Uh, blood pressure feels good. I feel I feel alive again. Because man, I was that's debilitating. Because what do I do? I stare at a computer. I look at my phone. I watch football. You know, I, I move. Obviously, <laughs> I, hope the, I hope the mic sounded better today too, Saunders. 
It did sound great today, um, actually. It did sound good. I, I, I'm going to leave it at that position because I think that's good. Um, also, great job covering this. Burke story totally set up the fan base to soften the blow. Well, oh, you mean on the show? I didn't know it was going to happen now. I, I was a little worried I was going to be wrong because I told everybody last night, look, you know, he's gone. Probably happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, and I actually said he, it is happening because I was told it is happening. Well, then, you know, I, I think there was some another swing at the plate or something on it, you know, but uh, so I wasn't upset. Ed says thoughts on Bobby Petrino to Texas A&M. Speaking of strip clubs. Yeah. We got, we got by uh, welcome back to the portal. Boy, these we cheerleaders got, aren't real pretty. <laughs> we got motor, motorbike Bobby, motorbike Bobby's taking over his DJ right now here in the portal. <laughs> shift, shift change at the portal. Craiger goes home, takes his 400 records with him. And motorbike Bobby comes in and Bobby Petruda. Hey, hey, how's it going? He's got a, he's got a, like a Northern accent. Ah, about beef sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. KFC says is cocky entering the portal as well. Yeah, South Carolina is going to end up with uh, the 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 Avatar Tiger from Clemson, the copy of the copy the of copy. the copy. <laughs> we made. I swear to God, because everybody. I've always thought, you know, look back in the day, we didn't have all this communication. Maybe they didn't know they were copying LSU, right? Hmm. Right. Clemson's actually a little more of a valley than Death Valley. I don't know, you know, and the mascot on top of that. And in the real Death Valley, California, there's not a damn one tiger anywhere. No tigers. They're not even native to this continent, right? But I kind of, it's hard to look at the mascot and think they didn't copy every single thing because their mascot's hideous. He's going in the portal. He's going D2, man. That's right. Yeah. Like, He's pr- moving down. Pr- <laughs> Princeton, Princeton ain't even picking him up when their kid hits the portal because they're out of eligible. They, they don't let you have a graduate year in the Ivy League. So Princeton ain't even picking up the Clemson Tigers. The copy of the copy of Aaron. I don't know. This is garbage. Look at that. What is this? Looks like something a kindergartner drew. <laughs> 76 says about his NIL fan deal. Can we make it happen? Everything's for sale, isn't it? 76. Everything's I'll for sale. Think about it. <laughs> I think about it. No. Um, Jafaller's got you 76. There you go. Uh, Clint says he thought Cocky had an NIL deal with Bojangles. Yeah, well, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe he goes someplace else and like uh, Col- what was that fried chicken place that uh, starts with a C? Finger, chicken fingers. I don't know. Church, not churches. Churches? That's what the fiance churches. just said churches. <laughs> I just, I don't think churches can compete with Bojangles. No. <laughs> last time I ate at church, last time I, ate, I even sniffed a piece of church's chicken, it was the 1999 South Carolina East Carolina game at home. The year South Carolina lost every game, mm. and man, we, we were in college. That was when I worked at Sammy's Deli. Had the day off. Oh, Canes, Canes, Canes and Chester's. Yeah, that's right. Canes. Oh, no, Chester's is the one in the gas station, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's Chester's, <laughs> which is good. It's better than churches. Man, we were drinking Miller Lite, or no, no, Milwaukee's Best, and eating Church's Chicken. 
in the 92 90 to 95 degree Columbia heat before that game. Hmm. I got sick. Yeah. I mean, not even the side, not even the sides can save me because the sides weren't all that good. The best thing at church was that corn on the cob. That was off the charts. Mm-hmm. Bis- bis- biscuits average, potatoes average, slaw average. I ate this big old blue drinking that Milwaukee's best, man. That old thing cost like a dollar ninety-nine. I threw up. Of course, Carolina played like throw up that day too. They lost twenty-one to three at home. Lost every game that year. Oh, Sonder likes the church's biscuits. Hmm. I don't know, man. I hadn't seen a church's chicken in a while. I haven't either, come to think of Not it. up here. I mean, it, I, don't, I, I don't know. They turned one of the last ones up here into like an independent chicken joint. And I, I haven't ventured in. <laughs> Andre Anthony Jr., the Michigan receiver. Thank you, Neon. Wide receiver. Just received an offer from South Carolina. All right. Have to check him out. Well, we got to check out ourselves, man. I'll be on the Spurs Up show in about 15 minutes. It could get intense because sometimes I kind of get going on that show a good bit. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Nat has a point about the Milwaukee's best. Should have been drinking Schlitz. That was 1996. Old anyway. English 40s. That's right. OE. OE. <laughs> OE. <laughs> 76 says down for some cheap backroom NIL Jerry Maguire Bob Sugar deals. Let's get freaking naughty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and with that, we are done. Thank you, everybody. Folks, I had a blast today. It was amazing. We had bad note, bad news in the middle of the show. Yeah. Birch finally hits the portal. Yeah. But uh, I think it's good. I'm back, folks. I feel really, really good today. Apologize for the mediocre. You can't be on every day. But anyway, I feel great today. Thank you, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, John Barber. Bigger news to come. Express Sunrooms. Uh, your Nana Sports chat box interaction and a lot of fun. Right on Inside the Game Costa Show. Everybody have a good afternoon. <laughs>